let's, let's uh, say these words of faith. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. This morning, I, I want to talk about the Christian life. Uh, we talk a good bit of it about... Oh, I forgot we changed it. <laughs> Offering time. <laughs> I can't wait to get to my message again. It's offering time. Please get your offerings out. I don't have any preaching to do now since I've already started. It's offering time. Amen. It's always good to give to God. Please forgive me for this. If you've never made a mistake, raise your hand. <laughs> if you raise your hand, I'll tell one of the ushers to get you a kick. Joy, you haven't made any mistake? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's always good. Our church is a giving church. People give both on the net and, um, and Sunday morning. And thank you for, for giving to support God's work. It's so important that we give. Um, I've been saved for so many years now. My wife says, don't you ever tell them how long. <laughs> but it's been a number of years. But I've never quit paying my tithe. It's very important to me. It's part of my Christian work. And it's pleasing to me. It's a joy to give it. I don't hold back. I'll give it and give more. These days, by the grace of God, I want my offering to overtake my tithe. And I'm working on it. And I'm getting very close. I want my offering to overtake my tithe. In other words, I want to give more in my offering than my tithe. And I'm working on it. It's very important to me. I don't know what that is. But I do know... Based on God's word, you never give anything to God and he's not going to give it back. He may not give it back tomorrow morning. But when he decides to bless you, he will, when that time comes, it's called the fulfillment, uh, fulfillment of time. Uh, the day of manifestation, God can knock you over with such blessings, you will never recover. And I'm waiting for it, amen, <laughs> to be knocked over. Amen. And that's the God we serve. Please raise your offering. Father, we want to thank you for the privilege. It's truly a privilege. You said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. It's caught with praise. But you also said to bring an offering. And that's exactly what we're doing. God, receive our offering. Jesus, our high priest, worship the Father on our behalf today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. I couldn't wait. I started saying that we we normally we speak somebody with an offering back here. <laughs> 
what kind of a morning is this? <laughs> but we are in the house of God. Buddy was saying, I feel safe. Among, among, he spoke yesterday morning. I feel safe. I'm among my family. <laughs> so that's the way I feel. In God, the presence of God, people. Because you have been commanded to love me and you can't do otherwise. <laughs> Yeah. Many times in church we are talking about how we live, success, um, God's blessings, prayers answered, and all of that. But the most important thing is you must realize every one of us, children of God, when we walk with God, we are going through a wilderness experience and we're going to the promised land. This is not our home. This is not where we belong. We are born from above. And we are going back home. Just like the children of Israel, when they were delivered from Pharaoh, type of Satan, they were going to the promised land. And God said, let them worship me in the wilderness. But they were going to the promised land. God has given us a promised land. And as Christians, that was the type. That was the shadow. We have the real thing. We're going to a promised land. We are in the wilderness. And we ought to get there. Many of them didn't make it. Many of them didn't make it to the promised land. So we need to realize God's calling us. And we are going to the promised land. And there is a life to live before God. It's not all about success. God wants us to have that. But it's all about obedience to God and living a life that's pleasing to God. That's what's most important to God. We have to live a life that is pleasing to Him. Many Christians, I don't think, a lot of people don't realize we are in a race. We are in a fight. There is an enemy that is trying to prevent you from getting back to your father in heaven. And if you give him room, he'll do just that. He'll prevent you from getting there. We have to realize that. Now, in Second Timothy 4 verse 17, he tells us this. Paul speaking. He says, for Second Timothy 4 verse 7. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So three things. I fought a good fight. So every one of us is in a fight. It's a fight for your life. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. So many people will start the race and not finish the race. God wants you to finish the race. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. You can start really strong and you are ahead of the people. But before everybody, you are ahead, going so fast. And everyone is thinking he's going to make it. That's the champion. Yeah? But before long, if you don't keep it up, before long, you start slowing down and they're catching up and you don't win the prize. 
Paul says it's laid up a price for me right now in heaven. So we are in a fight. We are running a race. Some Christians say, what fight? It's a fight. What race? We are in a race. To win. I've got to win. But more than that, keep the faith. Keep the faith. That's what's important. Keep the faith. There's nothing that will derail a Christian more than temptation. Yielding to temptation. That's what's going to stop you uh, from, from making it, for getting the price. Temptation is the key. And God was clear about it. He said to us in Matthew chapter 6, I believe verse 13, God said to us there, He said, when you pray, this is the way to pray. You know the Lord's Prayer? And lead us not into temptation, right? Because temptation will destroy your life. It's a prayer you are praying to God. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Meaning, if you are led into temptation and you yield to temptation, guess what? You come under the power of the evil one and he's going to do evil to your life, your children, your finances, everything that belongs to you if you yield to that. But we thank God the blood of Jesus has been shed for us. We don't have to yield. We have the power from heaven. In the Old Testament, they may yield, but we don't have to yield. We can trust God. And God will free us from that if we want to. If we want to. So God wants us to be free from that. Don't lead us to temptation. You wonder why would God lead anyone to temptation? First Corinthians ten, I believe it also tells us that I believe it's verse thirteen, that it tells us. God will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able. But with every temptation, He provides a way of escape. So that's the prayer. But we need to tell God, I know you're going to test me. God will always test you. To test you. I know that test is coming. But give me the strength to find the way out. Give me the strength through your Holy Spirit to go through that way out and not stay with the temptation. I need that strength. But you see, you have to praise. You need that for your life. You got to tell God. God knows what you need, but He says, talk to me about it. That's why He said, pray. Pray, don't lead me. God's not leading you. He allows it. But when He allows it, He also provides a way of escape. Why is He providing a way of escape? Because if you yield, He kills you. That thing will destroy your life. And destroy everything that's good in your life. So, God, please help me. I want to be free from this. We want God to bless us. This will stop all the blessings. You can have a lot of faith. But when, when sin begins to take over your life, it puts a stop to God's favor in your life. It does. So we need to be careful about this because Jesus warned us about it. Why did Jesus come from heaven? To bless us. Acts tells us 
I believe Acts chapter 3, after God raised him, God sent him to bless us, right? So God wants to bless us. But this is one thing that he's, he came from heaven to put out of the way forever so that nothing stands in his way to bless you. Unless you allow it. Nothing stands in God's way to bless you. So God wants to bless us. That's what the scripture tells us. He, Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. I get to look back. Am I having an abundant life? What's going on in my life? The abundant life that God came to bring to us. I think if you look at the scriptures, we can learn a lot I say from the first temptation. How many know what is the first temptation was? The Garden of Eden. Everything was perfect. There's a lot to learn from that temptation. A lot. You read it, spend some time. There's a lot to learn to learn from it. So we can be free from that. So that God's blessing will be upon our lives. I think the Bible is very clear. It says, submit yourself to God. Okay? First, submit yourself. Hum- humble yourself. Submit yourself to God. Humble yourself before God. Submit yourself to Him. Humble yourself. And then God will empower you. Then He says, resist the devil. And He'll flee from you. Until you submit to Him and to His word, you can't resist the devil. You just cannot. There's got to be a total submission. A total humil- humbling of yourself before God. So that God can help you when these things come against you. I tell you, every day you are on Satan's agenda to bring you down. That's the truth. I know that about my life. That's why I pray. <laughs> it's survival, right? It's not like he's going to take me down. I got power. And I got the power of the Holy Spirit. I got the Spirit of God inside of me. And the Spirit of God is working for me. It's not a fear thing. I just don't want to go to his territory. I want to stay with my God. I want to be loved by God. I want to do what, God, what pleases him. That's what I want. So I don't want to go there. So it's very important. You can learn a lot from the, the uh, temptation in Genesis chapter 3. I guess I'll go ahead and read this, uh, read this uh, scripture here. Genesis chapter 3, beginning from verse 6. It says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? That's the title of the message. Where are you? Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me. Hello. She gave me of the tree and I ate. Hello. That's very interesting. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, Ah, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, 
you are cursed more than all the cattle, all cattle among, and, among, uh, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. The temptation was really, uh, real easy. There's something here. Uh, first thing, I have seven things. Preachers want to have seven things, okay? <laughs> Perfect number. I got seven things I want to share with you. The first thing I want to share with you is isolation will heighten the power of temptation over your life. Isolation will heighten the power of temptation over your life. You see, Satan tempts you to get you to get you down. He did that with Jesus. He looked for the opportunity. He looked for the opportunity to get Jesus down. When, when did it happen? When Jesus was most vulnerable, hungry. He had been eating for 40 days. That was the time. When you are feeling down, that's when he wants to do it. And especially when you are alone. Hello? It was a funny thing. If you read the story, God had told them, don't eat from that tree. Why was Eve so around that tree? Notice she was by the tree, but Adam wasn't there. Adam wasn't around. For some reason, she was fascinated by the, the tree. She, wanted, she, she was always around it. That's why uh, James tells us, if you are tempted, don't say God's tempting me. That's what James tells us. God does not, he's not tempted by evil, and he doesn't tempt anyone with evil. God doesn't tempt anyone with evil. But he says, you are drawn by your own heart's desire. You're drawn by your own heart's desire and enticed. So, for some reason, she wanted to be around this tree. There are places that Christians must not go. There are things that we must not bring close to us. Especially when God is spoken against it, you don't want to be around it. She was constantly around it. And so the devil tempted her with it while Adam was there. You know, she was alone. You know, if Adam was standing right there, he, the devil knew he wouldn't have been successful. Because Adam, they would have words. No, God said not to do this. Eve, we can't do this. Two of them talking, right? But she isolated Eve. I mean, he isolated Eve. And so Eve became vulnerable to temptation. Many times when Satan is giving us trouble... And we are feeling depressed. Guess what you do? You want to isolate yourself. That's the human thing. That's fleshly. You don't want to do that. That's the time to go to church. That's not the time to be by yourself alone. Because if you isolate yourself, you make room for the devil. The Bible says, don't make room for the devil. You're already feeling down. Why are you being down by yourself alone? The reason God put you around your brothers is for them to support you and help you. Be around your brothers. Don't separate yourself. Don't pull yourself from them because you will go further down. 
The temptation will even be greater when you are alone. That's when you start telling yourself, I have nothing to lose, I'll just let myself go. Well, you're letting yourself go to die. That's not the way God wants it. So when you are troubled, use your finances, whatever it is, always present yourself before God and before His people. Remember what Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. But not when one is gathered, right? He's there with you. But more when you have your brothers with you. And in His presence, His fullness of joy. And His right hand pleasures forever. You know who sits on His right hand? Hey, say the word. J-E-S-U-S. Okay? Jesus He's sitting at his right hand. Whenever you come together with your brothers and you don't isolate yourself, even though you're feeling down, that's when to go. You may hear something from one of them that will pull you back up. And you feel God can do this. You may hear a testimony from one of them that's going to help you. Instead of separating yourself and feeling bad, and then you start wondering, no one is calling me, and he's tempting you even more, because he says, they don't really love me. If they've loved me, they don't know you have isolated yourself. It may be two or three weeks before they realize, all this time you've been beating yourself up, and say, nobody loves me, I'm alone, God doesn't even love me, and you're saying all this, and Satan is saying, yes, you want to hear more? I'll tell you more. You're so nasty, they don't even want anything to do with you. And you say, yeah, yeah, I know I am. That's why they're not calling. You don't want to be alone. You don't want to isolate yourself. That's why the Bible says, gather together more as you see the day approaching. Come together more. This is about Christian living. Don't isolate yourself. Be with your brothers and sisters. As they talk, you get healed. In their presence, when he says, confess your fault one to another, he's just being around them. But Satan wants to isolate you when you have failed. And it's natural. You just don't feel like going to church. You don't feel like singing. But that's what you really need to do. Amen? That's where your deliverance comes from. Just being in the house of God and worshiping with God's people. And who knows, God may give a word of knowledge to one of your brothers or sisters. They say, I know you're going through something, but God's going to deliver you. And you feel empowered. And you feel so good. And then you can sleep well. The depressive spirit that's all over, over your life is gone. Just because you fellowship. Iron sharpens iron. When you are in trouble, seek your brothers. You know what happened to Cain? He wasn't talking to his parents. After, they said this on Wednesday night, God warned Cain. He said, now uh, you are so angry, sin is at the door. He was by himself thinking through what happened. God accepted Abel's sacrifice and God didn't accept my sacrifice. So what's going to happen? God hates me. And then God says, God was seeking him out. God sought him out. He said, look, take care of yourself. Now, sin is at the door. It's crashing. He wants to get you. His desire is to get you. That's Satan. He wants to get you and have power over your life. And once he has power over your life, he has power over everything you own, including your children, your job, and everything. You gave him that power. That's what happened with Adam. They gave him power. Look at where we are today. Because of what? Just one thing. Look at how the world has changed. 
just for one sin. Just for one sin. And sin is deadly. Can destroy everything. Now we have to work hard and eat bread from the sweat of our brow. Did somebody say? That was not the way it was in the beginning. Just one disobedience. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. We can be forgiven even though we've committed many. Hello? That's my joy. I need Jesus in my life. If you don't, that's your business. But I need him. Because we, we fail from time to time. And when we fail, it's not the time to run from him. It's the time to go to him and speak to him and say, Father, you know, I just failed. Help me. And he'll come right down to help you. He was waiting for you to come. Remember the parable of the uh, prodigal son? The father was waiting, but he didn't go after him. You wonder, why didn't the father go searching for him? No, he didn't want to do that. But once you take that first step towards him, he runs towards you. He takes that filthy stuff from your body. He puts, he puts a new coat on you and says, Welcome, son. We're going to celebrate. That's the Father God that we serve. He loves us dearly. Don't isolate yourself. The second thing, lesson we can learn from that, sin, Satan never tells you uh, the dev- devastations that follow sin. He won't let you know. He only tells you what you're going to enjoy right now and people are caught up with what they are going to enjoy which is a momentary thing but the the sacrifice and what you give up is so great it's not worth it it's not worth it what you give up is not worth it stay with your God it it could be you, you, you know he tells you makes you feel like this is smart but you're hurting yourself. I'm going to keep this back to myself. And some say, I, I want to get saved, but God, you can come into my life, come into every room, but that's, that room there, that's mine, God. You're not going in there, okay? And he'll respect it. But that room is going to cost you so much trouble and most likely destroy your destiny because you won't let God, you won't let light into that room. So, sin sin can actually cause you so much devastation. All he told the woman was this. Now, this tree, if you eat from it, you're going to be like God. Who doesn't want to be like God? But that's not the way. You walk side by side. You belong to God. God is already giving them all the authority they needed. They were like God on on the earth. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) I need some water. They were like God on the earth. So they didn't need to be like God. God already created them to be just like Him. There was no reason for them to even think about being like God. They were already like God. They were created in His image. He is deceit from the enemy. He's telling you there is something to it and this will help you. No, it won't help you. It'll destroy you. It'll destroy you. So the thing is, Satan never tells you. What's coming after this? All we're thinking, we're so consumed about what pleasure we are going to get. But for some of us, why don't you surrender that to God this morning? Whatever that is. Surrender it to the Father. I'm not going there anymore. I'm not going to fellowship with Satan anymore. 
I'm out of that. I'm not going to do that anymore. The next thing is so important. Sin loves company. Oh, yes. Most people don't like to sin alone. You know why people go to bars? They can drink from home, right? But they would rather go to the bar. That's the way it is. You know, I remember when I first got saved. My family, they didn't, you know, you got saved, you're so excited. You just drop all of those craziness, you know, all this crazy stuff that they were doing. You know, smoking and all of that stuff. And um, my life was so terrible. I think a girl told me, we didn't expect you to last as a Christian for a week. You were so bad. You were so bad. In other words, God was the one that did this with no. And she was telling me, when my time comes, God's going to do the same thing. My time has not come. Your time came. That's why you're delivered. Because I just, God helped me, I just quit everything. None of those stuff, I didn't want it around me. But guess what they wanted to do? They wanted to buy me everything that I didn't want. <laughs> Free. Hey, you can have it. You see, if Satan cannot get to you, because you have a will, that you don't want that, directly, he gets to you through somebody else. That's the easier way to do it. Satan knew he couldn't get Adam to eat that thing. He knew that. But he knew, if I get his wife, he's going to listen. I am the head, my wife is the neck. Wherever she turns, that's where we're going. Okay? That's what happens. If Satan can't get directly to you, he's going to get somebody else. And that's the way it is. Ad, Eve was the one that pursued it. And Adam didn't resist at all. No resistance. He accepted it. You know, in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, God says, Come out from among them and be separate. And I will receive you. Come out from among them. And be separate. It's very important that we come out from among them. And be separate. You can't go to some places. You can't do certain things. You can't act like the world. You can't have fun like the world. Well, I deserve some fun. There's no fun there. You just need to give everything to the Lord. It's very important. And stop going places. The Bible says if your friend entices you to sin, don't go with him. So there are places not to go. There are things not to be involved with. As a new Christian, most people are told in their mind, they say, if I, I used to think that way. And he said, well, if I become a Christian, so my life now is reduced to just going to church, no fun. Is, am I the only one that thought that way? <laughs> but that's the way I was thinking. If I give my life to Christ, my life is reduced to reading the Bible and going to church. 
Excuse me. And I won't have fun. Believe me, after I received Christ, it was a new day. The life, life was beautiful. He's been beautiful since then. And God has shown His goodness towards my life. From that very day to the point where my brothers that opposed me then, they are happy that I stood my ground and stayed in Christ because by staying, that's changed their lives. They found what I found. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. They tasted. You don't compromise. You don't go back. You don't go back to Egypt. You don't need your garlic and all of that stuff. Just stay with your God. We're going to the promised land. We're going to the promised land. There may be something out there that is still drawing you. You got to give that up today. You got to give that up today. All you need to do is tell God, I don't want that thing. You see, until you tell God, I don't want that in my life, He cannot interfere with what you're doing. That's why He says, pray this way. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're praying for the whole earth, your life. Let your will be done in my life. That's your word. Until it comes out from your mouth to Him, He can't give you heaven on earth. But if you cry out to him and ask for heaven on earth, God is faithful to his word. He'll do that for you. But you have to tell him. Give him permission. That's the way I put it. Give him permission to come into your life. Sin wants company. Don't give it company. The next thing is, you look at that story part that we read um, it says in this word, the word, uh, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. They were used to it. Huh? That was an exciting time. Because God did that in the evening. And it says they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, among the trees in the garden. Who planted the trees in the garden? How can you hide from God, hiding in the trees He planted? That's an amazing thing. Think about it. God can plant trees for you, for you to enjoy. God planted those trees. Does God want to do the same thing today? Yes. He wants to plant trees, fruit trees for you to enjoy. In your life, God wants to do that. But they were hiding from God. They were hiding from His presence. And God said, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I finished the race. So he had been running the race. Now he felt, I finished the race before he died. He was ready to go. Initially he said, I'm in the street. I don't know what to choose. To go back, be with the Lord, or to stay with you. Then he says, well, I'll stay with you for a while. <laughs> I like that. And then he stayed for a while. But at this time he said, I finished everything. There's a crown waiting for me now. I'm ready to go. God is asking, where are you in your race with God? Where are you? 
See, let me tell you this. God will always come looking for you. No matter how far you've gone. Can I hear an amen? God loves you so much. He can't give up on you. You may give up on yourself, but God doesn't give up on you. He loves you so much. And God wants to bless you so much, you can't get rid of Him. He keeps coming after you. And He's asking you, where are you? Where are you in your faith? Where are you in your walk? Where are you in your life? Where are you in your marriage? Where are you in your finances? What are you doing? Where are you in your devotion to God? Where are you in your prayer life? Where are you in studying the Word of God? For by faith comes through the Word of God, right? Where are you in fellowship with God? Where are you with gathering with the children of God? There are a lot of questions. God's looking. Where are you? Where are you? There are times in my own life, you know, I live for God as a pastor. That's what you do. But that's just, just my job. <laughs> I need my relationship with Him. And I got to evaluate that relationship constantly. God's not going to do this for me because you're a pastor. He's just like everybody else. That's just my job for Him. Amen? I've got to keep my relationship with Him. He's always looking for me. Some man wrote a song. God says, I meet, because the guy prays all the time. And, and, and there's a certain time he's there, and this day he wasn't there. He goes, just, I missed you, God says, because when he knows your time, okay, you have a time to come to him, he's ready to welcome you. And this day he stayed and waited for you, and you didn't show up. The next day you show up, I missed you yesterday, God says. He's looking for you. That's what he came. I mean, it was customary for God to look for Adam every day to have some fellowship with him. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still looking. If you haven't found Him, present yourself. Don't hide. Present yourself to Him. Notice what they were doing. They hid themselves from the presence of God. They hid themselves from light. In His presence is what? Fullness of joy. Now they are filled with fear. That's what sin does to a man. Filled with fear... And when you're afraid, you get into yourself. They are filled with fear and they are running away from the life giver. The source of life. That's not healthy, but that's what Satan will want us to do. To run. If you're feeling guilty, don't run away from God. Go to Him. Don't stay away from fellowship. Go to God. Cry out to Him. No matter how bad. Things are for you. Whatever is going on and you're not sure what's happening, things are not making sense in your life, Satan tells you it's because you've done and you can't really tell what you've done, just go to him. He'll speak to you. Now I said this. You can never ask God a question and he won't answer you. You know how I know that? Because there was no time in the scripture that the disciples asked Jesus a question and he didn't answer them. Even his enemies, when they ask, he answered them. Yeah. And Jesus was God in the flesh. He came to show us what God really, who God really is. So you can be with God. So God is expecting us 
to recognize that he is the life giver. You stay away from God, you live in darkness. And there's nothing good in darkness. You don't want to be there. And don't let yourself be convinced. It's always good to be in his presence. And notice, if you've done something wrong, the Bible is clear. If you confess your sins, if, that's conditional. All you need to do is confess. He is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's what God does. He does that for us. Amen? I'm going to go to the next one. Very important. Sin leaves you naked. What does that mean? It means you can be victimized. You are exposed. There is no protection anymore. You sold yourself to the enemy. Now the enemy can do whatever he pleases with your life. And that's never good. It leaves you naked. That's what they said to God. Adam said, I hid from you because I was naked. That means if you go back to God, you can never be exposed. Notice something. Nakedness will eventually lead to shame and disgrace. Most of, more, more often than not, sin will always bring shame and disgrace. Especially when it comes out. Hello? Many times it brings a lot of shame. We've seen ministries die. when finally the sin is exposed because they were naked. We must be careful. Even though you think everything is shielded, the best place to be is to deal with God personally and keep your relationship so that this thing will not eat into your life. You see, it's very important. It's easy when people are in a situation like this with sin you're thinking this is it you can always go back to the father and he will close you it's never over until God says it's over it's never over God can cleanse you and make you so clean as if nothing really happened it can be totally free from it. God can rebuild your life. God can do that. If you don't insist on going the wrong way, God can build your life. He can do that for you. Don't expose yourself. Don't continue in rebellion. Turn around. Let God work in your life. It's very important. All you have to do is go back to God. The Bible says when we confess, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. In other words, you don't have desire to go back again. At least for a long time. You may be tempted some other time, but you're free from that desire. You don't want to go back. But if you don't, you let darkness come into your life, and darkness is, darkness is going to take over your life. Sin will always leave you naked. I've got to finish this uh, before I close. Uh, 
fix, blame others for your failure. It was my wife that caused it. Look at Adam's reply to God. Is the woman that you gave me. So now, God's at fault, right? God's at fault. You gave me, if you didn't give me this woman, I wouldn't have touched it, but you gave me this woman, and now I'm in trouble, and you're fighting with me. It's the woman that you gave me. That's why I mean it. It has nothing to do with the woman. Deal with your own lusts. Can I hear an amen? It's not a good place to say amen, okay? <laughs> but that's, that's our nature. You always blame somebody else instead of taking responsibility. And your healing will not start until you take responsibility for what you've done. That's the issue here. Until your eyes are open to say, look, you know that song? It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's you, not your wife. Take care of yourself. It's not your wife and it's not your husband. He gets so mad, so I uh, No, it's not him. Take care of what's going on in your heart. You can make God change you. You don't have to go with what she's doing or what he's doing. He blamed God and blamed his wife. That was his partner. They were sweetie, sweetie for a while, but now everything has changed. And he's blaming God and cursing her out, you know. That's the way life is. It's, all, it's always the other person's fault. But let me tell you, as long as you keep blaming somebody else, you'll never get your healing. You have to take responsibility. It's basically, you take responsibility. I wonder what would have happened if Adam didn't do that. But if Adam says, look God, I really blew it this time. I made a serious mistake. I should have told my wife, I, I, I don't know why I did this. Nothing was written. We don't know what God would have done. We have no idea. But he never did that. And the next thing he did was, uh, God said, notice God didn't say much to Adam, turn to the woman. And he says, why did you do this? And she says, well, <laughs> it's not my fault. It was the devil that did it. <laughs> so pass on the buck. It's the devil that did it. We always want to pass it on. That's so interesting. It's always somebody else's fault. It's never ours. It's easy for us to see other people's mistakes. We don't see ours. And that's why Jesus warned us very clearly. Before you take the speck from your brother's eye, take away that beam from your own eyes. Because until you do, you won't see clearly. You are seeing with this shade over your eyes and you are calling or making all the wrong calls. And that's very devastating. We should never go there. Take responsibility. Lastly, and I'm going to close with this. Notice something. This is very exciting to me. God showed me this. Um, notice God didn't ask the devil why he did what he did. You notice he didn't ask him? Immediately, he started pouring out the curse. <laughs> He gave him no chance to speak. No chance to speak. Because you have done this. The snake was a beast, more cunning than other beasts. So, guess who named 
the snake? Adam. He named all the beasts, right? And recognized that particular beast. From the story, he seemed like he had hands, right? And could raise his head up like other animals, all the beasts. But the thing is, when it comes to sin, it doesn't matter where he's at, that thing is going to be destroyed. If God finds sin in this chair, that chair is going to be destroyed. You remember Saul and the Amalekites? Yes. doesn't matter what. Sin has got to be destroyed. That animal has sin, allowed the devil to use, the, use it, and God cursed the animal. You can imagine Adam and Eve standing there watching the, this beast that spoke to Eve, and Eve looking at her, and God says, uh, from now on, uh, you won't have legs to walk. And f- guess what? And the legs all go in. <laughs> and they're going, wow. Okay? Now he's down there. And this is a, be- a beast that was talking before. Making himself, oh, like, I know everything. You shall not surely die, but God knows. Now, in the presence of God, he's speechless. Amen? When God shows up, the enemy can speak. When you are in the presence of God, the enemy doesn't have room. That's what happened. The devil couldn't say a word. This great beast couldn't say a word and God didn't give him chance. It's like Adam and Eve finally realized there was nothing to this beast. And really, Satan has nothing against our lives. When God's presence comes into our lives, everything can be turned around for us. Satan doesn't have any power. That's why the scripture tells us, resist the devil, and what? He will flee from you. We can always trust God. Bow your heads with me this morning. If you're here this morning and you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, God's searching for you. God's looking for you. God wants, is wanting you to be part of his family. And you can make that happen this morning if you will just say yes to God. All you have to do is say yes to him. So at the count of three, put your hand up if you need Jesus to be Lord of your life. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Everybody here is saved. Everybody saved. There's this young man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Would you stand up, please? Stand up. Stand up right away. Those of you that put your hand up, stand up there. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Thank you, Lord. Can we all pray for these young men? I know they have made a commitment somehow to God. But we want God to establish their, that in their heart today. That they are truly children of God. You understand? I know you made a commitment to God. But let me let you know that today, because you did what you just done, God, something is going to change about your life. For sure. The same thing with your mouth. Something is going to change. Your devotion for God is going to be stronger. Amen?
because you boldly stood for God today. You made, you made a stand for God. Amen? You made a stand. That's what you did. Can we put our hands together? They made a stand for God. Mm. You know, the Bible says, those who confess me before God, I will confess before my Father in heaven. Amen. Can we just say the sinner's prayer, especially those of you, pray with me. Say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for my sins. Today, I pass on my sins onto you. And I declare that I'm free from sin and his power over my life. Thank you, Jesus, for being the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. Can we put our hands together? Let's give him a clap, offering. Amen. I also believe after the message, we pray for those that have troubles. If you're sick in the body, this is the time to get well. Amen. I believe that firmly. So if you're sick in the body, you want God to heal you, would you please stand and come? We're about to close. Please come and I'll pray for you and God will heal you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. So, I'm so confident about His love and faithfulness. God loves to make us well.